0: Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston.
1: And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight's subject is on releasing worry.
0: I'm worried about that.
1: Stop worrying. All right, fine, I'll do
0: that. And it is that simple. Day in Mayan is 13 13
1: and Which is very auspicious. Because
0: It uh, marks the end of a 260-day cycle, uh, meaning that tomorrow is the first day of a 260-day cycle called the Zulkin, and you can go ahead and tell those 260 days what they're going to do. You'd have to give yourself permission to do that, but that is the way the universe works. Yeah? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You tell everything what to do. Well,
1: it's a day to launch, for sure. Launch launch things into the cosmos. Well, great, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. And a how's a day of enlightenment? So, launching your own enlightenment. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to start the topic of releasing worry with this, um, something I realized a long time ago. I come from a long line of warriors. my father, my grandmother, and apparently it went on for many generations, and so I was surrounded by it, both um, nurture and... and uh, and through genetics, it was Mm -hmm. through my body uh, as well. And I used to think that if I was worried about something, I was doing something about it. I was actively doing something about it. If I worried about something happening, I was preventing it from coming. And what happens when we do that, and I think a lot of people do, do that, it starts us into this double speak, this double thing where we think if we, If we say something good, we're going to jinx it. If we say something bad, we're going to help it come. And it's about getting back into resonance with your life
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and with the words in your own head and not not say things that um, are not the right direction, let's put it. But what I realized is when I stopped worrying about it, I had much more faculty to do something about whatever it was I was worried about. If you let go, you really do have power.
0: Well, that is the secret of the whole thing right there. You just say, I allow it. If it does do that, I allow it. Uh And if it doesn't do it, I allow it. I just have to separate. That's where the power lies when you uh, detach from outcome. Worrying and attachment to outcome are synonyms. That is exactly what it does. Around the year 900, we all remember the year 900, the word worry meant to strangle literally to strangle and I would say that the word worry still means to strangle Mm -hmm. and you know how a cat will uh, shake its food you know the cat's head will Uh do that every time Uh, that was another definition of the word worry which was saying no very fast but it was also um, uh, this assurance and that's where the other end of it comes in you know that the mouse or whatever it was was dead, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's an interesting word for us. But it is of—is it of use? Because uh, the latest science is suggesting that if you will just allow your mind to drift, and there was some enormous glitch in your idea, and you just let go of it, and you don't have to think. Watch, and you don't have to I'm think very about anything. i about that. And you don't have to think about something. Whatever the glitch is will spontaneously present itself to you, uh, that being the nature of thought. And while we do think the entire lifetime, there's no real uh, process of education on the subject of thinking. Mm -hmm. One of the original titles of the latest book was uh, Thinking 101 was going to be the title of it. But then I thought no one would think to buy that because we think we can think but we not so much
1: well that is um, what we do on the show is to teach people how to think not mm-hmm. what to think mm-hmm. and that's really where we get into our own personal power is knowing how to be conscious of what's going on around you and not letting it drive your boat so to speak mm-hmm. but being able to be present for it well one thing i thought i would uh, bring up is the fact that we don't even really realize how much we're worrying. It all began in non, on 9-11, remember with the terror alerts and various things like that.
0: No, I don't where,
1: remember that. Okay, where, where I, I don't know what show it was, but a comedian came on and said, all right already, we're as scared as we can get. We've reached our maximum. What are, what are you trying to do?
0: Yeah, one more and
2: you drop But the worry, out. what yeah. that
1: does to children, we don't really know what that does. And if we grow up worrying. It becomes a pattern and a habit. We can certainly get rid of it by snapping our fingers, but we have to know that we can do that first. I remember as a child during the Cuban Missile Crisis, I don't know if anybody else remembers that, um, where we had to go out in the hall and those air raid things and we'd have to run, and the air raid siren was right into the back of our house. And it was quite terrifying for children to live with that perpetual worry. We don't realize how much we're worrying. We're worrying about taxes or worrying about our house payment going up or interest rates climbing or the economy wrecking or uh, somebody stopping um, loving us. It's just perpetual worry, one right after another.
0: Well, any of the worries that we may find are more or less a deletion.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, They delete our thoughts. They imposter our thoughts because uh, everything is going to work out. Everything is the next step. Everything is what it's supposed to be. There is no possibility of the world going wrong. As much as we'd love to believe there was, as much as um, uh, allegedly sane people insist that things can go wrong, not so much. Not in fact ever. It just isn't the way it works no matter what happens. And this I had assigned angels to remind me of constantly so that all I had to do was take a step and I would remember that whatever my next step was going to be, it was forward, it was going forward even if it was falling on my face, still moving forward. And to get your brain built to the point that as soon as the worry creeps in, you know, the solar plexus, gets activated, mm-hmm. that feeling in your stomach, butterflies or whatever. That whatever it is, it's what it's supposed to be. It's, it's going to turn out to be a blessing. And it's going to turn out to be on your side. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it is. And this is someone who was shot to death, you know, shot in the head. Ah, that was fun. Ah, that was a good time. I absolutely adore... My life's experiences. I'm not worried about being shot. I'm not worrying about dying. Dying well, is just not what people think
2: it is. I
1: think that, yes, it's true that we can just turn off our worry and, not, and just yeah. say, okay, I'm done with it. That's true, but I really feel, because I had to do this, so there's probably people out there that would find it useful to, to see how, what are the steps I take or what is it that I do? Because when you're in the midst of worrying sitting within that vibration and saying, okay, I'm going to stop worrying. Uh, Yeah, right. Uh, If that were doable uh, on that level, it would be done. And one thing that I recognized or my foothold in getting that door open into another frequency was when I realized I wasn't doing anything by worrying. It wasn't helping. And then that let me off off that uh, Well,
0: good. There's, there's Jane Jane
1: get me off this crazy thing yeah. so perhaps some callers would like to call in and say some of the ways they stop worrying but I think the first step That's is to realize one. and recognize how much you're worrying throughout mm-hmm. the day and perhaps flag it and give it a feeling or a color or a sensation to let you know hey I'm worrying because it's become so uh, insidious that we don't really know all the worrying that we do. No, I,
0: it would be amazing. Yeah. And then the question comes, yeah. what would you do with a brain that doesn't generate worry for no reason? Yeah. and like, it's always for no reason. And another thing, the people might call in with what they are worried about. That's
1: what I was going to say. Yeah. What are your th- like major worries, your three major worries? And I, I thought we could talk about them. because yeah. I know.
0: Yeah, that would be a very uh, good thing. With some
1: people, it may be conspiracy thinking, may have brought them a lot of worries about... I was about afraid of that. Uh, all, all the different um, secret societies and things and other people may worry about being abandoned and I think ultimately that's what we're all worried about is being left alone and worrying about being powerless or worrying about owing money or worrying about being left and not loved or being worried about not being accepted. Just look at this. This is just a tip of the iceberg. I think that we all have more than we ever, ever knew. And what worry does is it pulls you out of living in the moment, and the moment is the only place you have power to do anything about anything anyway. And worry is always about something in the future, and you can't do anything about that. The, uh, just my years of knowing people, talking to people, and working with people, I recognize that the biggest pain or the angst that people get is worrying about what would happen worrying about their husband cheating on them or worrying about not being able to pay the rent or whatever that is, the worry is always in a place where the power to do something about that situation is not. I used to always say you can't catch tomorrow's fish with today's worm. Well, you can't fix tomorrow's problems with today's worrying either. And so it's far better to be fully present in the moment and see the resources and the path available to you now.
0: Well, worry is systematically, worry is always attachment to some outcome. It is the nature of That's true, too, yeah. Yeah, and that fretting that physically harms our body and certainly puts a a negative chemistry into our blood, that that idea. Uh, Some time ago, I began the recognition of the more than one correct answer philosophy of life because there is always simultaneously more than one correct answer. And so the... um, Here in the West, and I believe we're in the West, and I'm never really certain about that. We're always in the West. Have our caller, uh, just one moment, just to put this point in place. Uh, Here in the West, we have the idea that uh, the point of life is to drink 70 to 100 cups of coffee and then drive a Mustang much faster than anyone else, get to work and... uh, in a cavalier fashion, make thousands of dollars at whatever expense that might be. And in the East, which is a correct answer, and in the East, they have the idea that one is to be uh, simply steered by the universe, that one more or less shuts off uh, any sort of intrigue and proceeds to uh, allow, which is, of course, another correct answer. And the thing about it is they are both correct answers, and they are both correct answers simultaneously. So in order to effectively make a decision, you first say, well, bless this if this, uh, I make this decision and if it goes the way I'm making the decision, well, bless that. We can certainly see why that is. Now, if we make this decision and it does not go that way, well, then bless that also. Mm-hmm. And then you step back from attachment and then you can use your free will to create your life without anything like worry. With you just release the attachment, and shall we take the caller? Yeah,
1: that'd be great.
0: Yeah, hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, this is Christy calling. How are you, Neville and Mary? Oh, i good. Thank good. you. Um, I came in right at the right time because um, you were speaking about attachment, and I just wanted to comment that I've caught myself in a cycle in the past where worry becomes like an expression of love. Yes, but. It really ends up just really being attachment,
1: yes, yes. yeah, yes, and and that's true. Um, when you grow up with a lot of worry, you think if someone's not worried about you that they don't love you, and that if you stop worrying about people and things that that means you are going to make them feel unloved. Um, Just like pity gets confused with love, often as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well,
0: there's an ancient Hebraic expression that worry is the interest you pay on a loan you have not yet received.
1: Yes, I remember that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it.
0: And it's another Mm. truth: the worrying is not actual thinking. It's if you do the pie graph of your day, and we have a slice of effective thinking, or we have a slice of joyous thinking. Or the slice of thinking that's worth thinking, and then the rest of it, feared out, worrying, guilt. Okay, what you know? What percent? Just do it like a pie graph. My day is spent more in the idea of uh, enjoyment of existing than in the idea of sitting there with the agenda of what could possibly, and pardon the expression, go wrong. Yeah. So but the more you exist in that world, go ahead. Oh,
1: yeah, no, I was just going to comment um, that probably one of the biggest places that we have this attachment to an outcome are in personal relationships, particularly romantic relationships, because we have this externalized, still an internal uh, construct, but this externalized view of what we think should quote unquote be happening in that relationship and when it doesn't follow along with that we start getting worried oh no um, the, that implying that if we do not reach that objective within that relationship then something is wrong with us and that would deem us or prove to the world that we're not lovable in some way and I think that's why it gets so urgently um, rooted to us to have an outcome of a particular type yeah, yeah. and I wrote I was doing some thinking over the years, and I realized that biologically, as females, it was our job uh, mentally to attract a mate that we could trust to help us raise the children. That's how our children survived. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel a lot of women particularly have this, have to quantify the relationship and have it be some kind of a guaranteed thing mm-hmm. before they trust and open up to that Um, because there's a lot more writing on it and once you know it's a biological imperative instead of a really a psychological and emotional imperative it's easier to let go of your attachment to an outcome.
0: Well men and women will turn out to be the same species. (laughs) in spite of many rumors to the contrary.
1: Well, I think that they they are the same, but men and women really have evolved over years fulfilling different biological roles. And that doesn't mean our spirit is any different, Mm. certainly not, but it does come. Regardless
0: of gender, that feeling of attachment that was originally the feeling of great fulfillment with the other person, eventually becomes something that is not as attractive as it could be because it is um, waiting to be measured, waiting to be uh, whatever that word is.
1: Well, I I would say the opposite, the male brain over time, and certainly this doesn't apply to everybody, and it just makes sense to me, has the way they got their um, biology to further and to procreate and leave Mm -hmm. children would be to uh, not stick with one partner, it was more efficient in certain areas of the world to have multiple partners, to have more children to populate the world. Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, I think some men aren't as commitment-driven as women are. And uh, anyway, I know we could talk about this on maybe a male-female type yeah, of but it, it isn't that. But we do get of worried worry. often, yeah. especially mm-hmm. females worry often about that relationship leaving, and I know males do too, in yeah. their own way, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they yeah. don't, just in a slightly different uh, fashion. Uh,
0: and again, that percent of the thinking in the mind is about things that, you know, the word if is a word that takes a decision away, yeah. and if this, if that, if this, th- if that is not actually thinking, it is just devoiding decision after decision after decision, and the the backbone of not worrying is to know that, regardless of whatever happens, uh, it's going to be in your favor. There's a Zen uh, proverb that says, uh, "Leap and the net will appear." Although I would prefer to paraphrase, saying, "Leap and your wings will grow." But uh, nonetheless, the idea of um, uh, not not being concerned the about net the is future is our wings
1: as well. They're, I mean, both, the uh, net, yeah. they're both our constructs.
0: Uh, wings I like a little better in that you can well, don't have to go down. The net has to be under you.
1: That's but true. if you've
0: got wings, you can go, yeah, not but so you, much. I'll go over there. I
1: thought that was kind of very interesting that you said that because it got me to thinking that we do have to be receivers and givers. Mm-hmm. And often it's very easy to sprout wings and, and be able to take care of ourselves. But yeah. what happens when you're receiving in um, that leap of faith, jumping into the net is really uh, the opposite of worry. Just know that something will be there. E- Always. Either Has it your ever wings not? will sprout or the yeah. net will be there, yeah.
0: Has it ever not been there? And we have our next oh, caller for all set. Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
1: Hi, this is
2: Neha <coughs> calling.
0: Neha, hello.
2: I'm good. I mean, how, uh, me how are you? How are you doing?
0: <laughs> how are you Want to do it? Just welcome aboard. It doesn't
1: matter. It's all simultaneous. It's like conversation.
2: Um conversation. Yeah, I just... Um, I'm trying to reconcile two different ideas, and one is that the idea that um, we create our own reality Mm -hmm. versus the idea, on the other hand, that um, it's sort of unnecessary, waste of time, whatever you want to call it, to uh, be attached to outcome.
1: Well, I think think that's so interesting that you said that because it's probably been a number of years since I spoke this on the show. But I... I I almost use those exact words. Um, So we're really on the same wavelength because I went through that. Mm -hmm. They seemed really in opposition. And then how I got them to be in one place, it's like we create our own reality but let go and let God over here, Mm -hmm. they seem to be very opposite. And how I pulled them together into one room was it's our job to say what, and that's creating our own reality. And it's the universe's job to say how, and that's letting go and let God, that kind of philosophy. So I, I married them together in that way and then I realized, wow, so my power to create is to make the decision and then I let go and I turn that over unconditionally uh, to the universal energies and if it comes that means it's right and if it doesn't come that means the universe was aware of something I wasn't and had a universal edit on there somehow and that what I mean by universe is the part of me that is the universe. And that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. I think what people do, either they get into the let go and let God philosophy and make no decision and things just bump around like in a, in a, like a boat on, a, on an ocean or they say, I'm going to use the law of attraction and I'm going to create, this is what I, I'm choosing to do and then set about to control it and not really turning it over to the universe. Mm -hmm. But seeking, it's not happening. I visualized a million dollars yesterday and it's not happening for me, and become very attached to the outcome. So, our job to say what? Universe's job to say how?
2: Yeah, are there there methods or are there techniques you would recommend? Yeah,
0: we're about to.
2: You know, to kind of be a good receiver for what the right decision should be, kind of thing. Okay.
0: Okay, Okay, and I'll hang up
2: for your answer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh,
0: Not to put it out of your own power, but a very early part of this new thinking that's coming to our planet is that there is more than one correct answer, simultaneously more than one correct answer. And uh, so uh, people have this uh, habit of the paradox thinking, meaning that uh, these two opposite concepts cannot exist. Salt and pepper cannot exist at the same time, and yet they're on the table, salt and pepper the idea that two contrary answers can both be correct at the same time, and that uh, the heretofore, it has been, as soon as I have the correct answer, then I stop thinking, and that's just not the way it works because when you don't stop thinking, it's not, well, I've got the right answer. It just doesn't work that way. There's, there's. More than one correct answer to everything all the time, which makes it, once we incorporate this in us, then it is possible to have, you know, the two points of view at the same time. I just wanted to do simply the math. Two and two is also uh, nine minus five. So there's two correct answers. That I meant to say um, uh, ten minus six. No, no, that was seven plus, no, wait, whatever it is, you know, there's an infinite number. Of, correct answers so here go ahead what um...
1: oh um, I was just uh, going to comment that um, one way to go about that right now we make so many of our decisions intellectually now intellectual is nothing wrong with that but intellectual is based on beliefs and our beliefs can be flawed let's say our beliefs can be missing information or can be based on information that's not a complete truth or may not serve us in the best way SO THERE ARE TIMES WHEN OUR DECISIONS FEEL REALLY GOOD, OUR MIND KNOWS THAT WE DON'T WANT TO HAVE A FORK DROPPED ON OUR FOOT. It, th- THERE ARE TIMES WHEN WE'RE REALLY IN RESONANCE WITH THAT. BUT THEN THERE ARE OTHER TIMES WHERE WE'RE ATTEMPTING TO USE OUR BRAIN POWER TO MAKE A DECISION IN AREAS WHERE OUR BRAIN CANNOT GO. OUR BRAIN CANNOT UNDERSTAND TOMORROW. Mm-hmm. BUT OUR HEART CAN AND OUR GUT CAN AND OUR INSTINCTS CAN. So I just decided that how I was gonna live my life and this came through some automatic writing and I happened to agree with it so I started living it and that was if it makes me feel larger I'll walk toward it if it makes me feel smaller I'll walk away and I won't question it because it's really different for everyone if I walk toward what make other people larger then I'm obviously not going to feel that fulfillment and my higher self will most likely create what seem to be roadblocks to not let that happen because that's not really what makes me feel larger because I'm basing it on what make other people feel larger when you get in touch with your heart your heart is always acting in your own best interests and you can let that uh, guide you in those areas use the proper tool for the proper job our brain is good for certain things our heart is good for other things and our gut instincts are good for other things
0: oh yeah absolutely Uh, lately And this has struck me for the last three or four days. I'm thinking of having my name legally changed. To lately, legally changed to a thousand fools. I'd like to be first initial A, thousand written out, and then fools. And I've thought a lot about that name because it. uh, uh, And I just. At least you're not a lonely fool. No, there's one person named a thousand fools. I know. Yeah. Um, because that would be a, an absolutely immutable force in the universe, as the innocents imply. Mm-hmm. I love it. And the fact that it would always work out that way, you know, for the Shall benefit of the person. Shall I start calling you that? I
1: think it's a beautiful name.
0: I'm just saying, I'm uh, wondering where the baseline of the herd is about uh, a name like that, because I know a lot of people would not get that uh, to begin with.
1: You could, you could get one of those ATF T-shirts, Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, A Thousand Fools.
0: Okay. I'm I thought not that certain. was kind of I don't of funny. know what that is. Yeah. Well, I, I think
1: my, my sense of humor is on a completely different plane of existence because people usually just stare at me. Okay. Now, are um, you looking for something in the book?
0: Well, yeah. Okay. The second protocol is called A First Step Out of the Box, uh, and that was where I was putting down the idea that there are simultaneously – very diametrically opposite answers, which are all correct. It's this whole right and wrong concept that we humans That's have about everything, but the second protocol uh, allows you to to be in two different places at the same time, and prior to that, no, not so much, because the um, uh, idea that there's one and only one correct answer may be true in math early on, but is not true to any sort of uh, freedom for the mind, any sort of um, growth potential, um, because we are all—pardon um, the word—suffering. We are all in the flux of the next phone call. In mm, hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, Mary Neville, it's Micah. How are you? Micah, hi, great. How are all you? Right. I'm great. Thank you. Um, two things. I wanted to share something with you that I worry about
0: okay. Oh, okay. Um,
2: about uh, ten years ago I went through um, a depression uh, okay. about two years of just feeling absolutely nothing inside it, it was just like a what I call a living death it takes some willpower and I worry you know that that might happen again okay. um, despite the fact that I Um, went into therapy at the time, uh, the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and it did help me, Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to climb out of it. Um, But since I feel that, you know, my brain kind of tends toward that, you know, I'm I'm never going to be described as an effervescent, you know, buoyantly happy person, I'm concerned that that might happen again. Um, And number two, Mary, you said that, you know, some people are afraid of dying, Mm -hmm. and I thought about that, and sure, I think about that. I think about dying alone, and that's, um, that's a horrible feeling. And Neville said, people do not really understand what death is.
0: No, yeah, not at all.
2: And I wanted to know, Neville, if you could elaborate on that, what you meant by that, because I've only been watching okay. the show for a couple of months. Okay. so the, uh, um, I think it might give people some comfort, um, if, you know, if you're afraid of dying. Absolutely, and what?
1: that's a brilliant question, and I think that's a very good one to begin on. Would you well, like to uh, start?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, just to preamble, the hidden language codes has the entire description you may or may not be aware of. I was shot to death. I got hit by bullets and I was dead and there was no question I was dead. And I went to the other side and had wonderful conversation with angels, um, made the decision to return because apparently I had a few things to do before I wanted to write off this particular incarnation. So death is joyous. Death is release. Death is relief. Uh, Death is the beginning of your new project. Death is the end of the current assignment. And I will tell you that there has never, ever, ever, ever been a life cut short. Absolutely. Everybody came here, did the particular evolving that they had to do, which may have been no more than to have created a heart and beat it, say, 57 times, and their deal was done. Okay, there has never, ever been a life cut short and uh, I've said if I am about to die and I can get a lung full before I go I will love whoever is killing me or I would say I love you all uh, because that's the truth of the matter, it's the way the whole thing works. So this uh, concept of being afraid of death is not real. And, in fact, anything that we're afraid well, of is not real. I think real. that that
1: is what the death experience itself teaches us. Yeah. And, <coughs> and perhaps why people have death experiences, so that they can share that with other people, because I think that's uh, an important thing. And I work with a lot of people doing readings, as most of you know. And I have people in spirit visit me often in readings for people, and I have learned so much about that, that it was really useful for me. But I also know if I didn't have access to all this information in my own death experience and my own experiences in my dream time, uh, we are programmed to fear death so that we stay alive. I think if we really knew how wonderful things were in spirit body that we probably wouldn't be choosing to be here sometimes so it's a safety mechanism built in mm-hmm. but I did want to comment about your your comment about worrying about being depressed again yes I do a lot of EFT work with people and one thing that I have figured out about that the main thing reason that it works so well is it helps people to release their resistance to whatever they are fearing. Uh It's the resistance that holds us. So we could even say worry is a resistance, and resistance is what feels awful. It's not the actual thing happening. Uh For instance, when people have phobias, it's not the snakes that they're really afraid of, it's the fear that the snakes inspire, they're afraid of that experience, not necessarily the snakes, the not that they fear. don't not like snakes. Uh-huh. So I would suggest, and I would even um, encourage you if you're, if you're up for it, call in, not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, where Neville and I are each doing our own hour-long live show broadcast on the Internet, telepathictv.com, and I work with people, and I could take you through some tapping that would really release that and oh, make it very good you idea. so much more relaxed in connection with that. And you'd be helping other people, too. Yeah,
2: I wanted to say that I watched your um, webcast last, was it last Friday? Yes. Mm-hmm. And a woman called in who was concerned about um, her, mother, her mother's yes. cancer diagnosis, and I followed along with that.
1: Excellent. And Perfect. I did the
2: tapping, and I will honestly say that it felt like meditation to me. I was yes. so relaxed. Mm-hmm. when it was over, um, it, it was an amazing experience.
1: It's really quite amazing and particularly if we address this specifically and uh, okay. e- even um, the, the lady that called in some of, she had some realizations and she called back later. It's really powerful and it's something I offer for people because I know not everybody is in the area or not everybody can swing coming in for private sessions so that's why I do these um, for free and offer it so people can really Yeah, for grow, the world. You know. yeah, it's very Okay, important. now you were going to say something. Well,
0: I wanted to again address your worry about uh, that happening again. Yes. And I would say that if you said this happening again, it would be less likely to happen because if you say that happening again, you're giving it strength. Does that make sense yet?
1: That makes sense. Because it's Good. outside okay. of you and right. within your yeah, power. Right, the, yeah,
0: and the language, always the language is what's going on with us. Now, I just want to do the math for you, and it's very simple. I'm going to ask you, yes or no, do you have free will? Yes. Okay. So then you are allowed to choose yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you going to choose to repeat that experience, yes or no? No. Well, all right. That's great.
1: Wonderful. But can I ask one more question, Neville? Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Sure. Is the death experience Wonderful and joyous for everyone? Is it possible that different people have different death experiences? Okay, now,
0: yes, yes, okay. And I have taken people on the other side many, many times. And um, we have this um, compulsion to worry. I have met human beings that are actually upset about the idea that the universe will eventually contract. Now, we don't even know if that's even, you know, like any, any physics you want to name from a hundred years ago, we have had 15 bright young individuals defeat every square inch of all of science. Okay, so in the event that the universe exhales, in other words, contracts and shrinks into nothing again as though nothing were possible, it will expand again why would this be any kind of controversy for anyone considering its trillions of years from mm-hmm. now if it happens but yet people are upset because we are in the habit of being upset being upset is normal and it sells and and you can sell anything if okay. you want to upset the person just right Ding! shatter their form say, this will reassemble your form forty nine ninety five Okay, and bang like that, and I've forgotten what question I was answering, but I know I was doing a very you good did a, job of it. Yes, yes. you did, Neville. Whatever that was, because I really don't track a lot. The death experience, I can guarantee you, is brilliant education. It, uh, oh yes, if, if people have a, a negative, negative yeah. experience, right? And I have taken people who have come back from very negative experiences. Generally, they block the memory from it, and that's why it appears to be negative to them, because they don't have a method of measuring what happened to them. And I've been doing this for people for a while. <laughs> yeah. And this idea, I guarantee that it's a good time. Okay. I guarantee it.
1: Well, I, I have personally talked to a lot of dead people over the years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like great we're really conversationalists. Dead people. <laughs> yeah. We really are. Okay. Yeah but I have talked to a lot of people and I would say I have learned so much and I think it would be very valuable to get these down in a book because a lot of my knowing about what the afterlife is like is from this and one thing that I can tell you it is very different for everyone based on their personal beliefs and experiences Mm -hmm. but nobody is left floating out there alone in a negative experience And you will experience about death what you believe about it while you're alive. That's why um, we've done shows on death, and it's going to be time for another one pretty soon, where you start exploring how you feel about death right now and get educated, get open to it, and not resist it. And Carlos Castaneda says, walk with death on your left shoulder, and it will become your friend. And not running from it or pursuing it, either one, but walk with it, learn about it, know that you're going to be exactly as you are. I have seen people and they've told me that when they passed, it's just like they're sitting here in the room, only they're not in their body anymore. All the way from that to having the tunnel experience.
0: Yeah, dust on the ceiling was Mm -hmm. my first impression when I was
1: dead. Well, when I had my death experience, I I floated up out of my body and I I wasn't out for very long and I was just sitting there and I said, no, I really am not going to leave my child um, motherless and and I was giving birth and Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to leave my second child and I I made that decision and there have been two times when I was in that place where I could have continued on, chose to stay and they were very specific decision points, so Mm -hmm. um, I was more lucid than I am now, so it it's definitely not a bad thing. Those
2: are very comforting yeah. words from both of you. I really yeah. appreciate that. It kind of gives um, me a lot of things to think about. But
1: um, Excellent. I always um, feel better after I talk to you both, so thank okay. you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks all for right. calling. All right.
0: Bye-bye. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that was great, gone, but great thank you. call. Thank yeah. you.
1: You really brought up some wonderful things, I'm sure, a lot of people felt like they wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah, and uh, we all choose our name as um, an indicator of what it is we're here to do and someone that would choose the name Micah, Micah is inherently a uh, giver off of light. Mm-hmm. That's what Micah is about. It's a beautiful and name. And for Micah, okay, uh, which is, um, uh, the original serpent mound was covered in Mica. That's true. Uh, for it to catch light so that people could see that glimmering light, not know what it was for miles. And come towards it out of curiosity because... It was
1: mica and shells. How yeah, lovely was that? Babylon
0: abalone, that, that iridescent mm-hmm. uh, rainbow thing. Mm-hmm. So anyone choosing the name mica has in their substratum uh, all of the parts to a symbol to be someone who uh, shows the rest of the world a brilliant light because that's what mica is. That's right. And, and mica was, um, I'm just saying that's the... Uh, there's there's a whole episode in that. Go ahead with, uh, I forget now what for Mica. Oh,
1: just for Mica. For light, is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, the whole point of it was it, um, It's a long treatise. I'll do it another night.
1: Okay, okay. That sounds so I, fine. Yeah. You're welcome to finish it if you'd like. But well, I, I would start
0: with the alone, uh, the fear of being alone, which is not actually a possibility. Uh, A-L-O-N-E is actually all one, and that's who we are. There is no human being who can possibly be alone. And the simultaneously correct answer is well, we do all die alone, regardless of who's there. We're the one that does the dying. Right. So, uh,
1: well, at least for that second, anyway. Yeah. But, you know, that's true. We are all alone, uh, but from the physical form, from physical reality, biologically, we're also programmed with the idea that we have to socialize with each other. it's what I think is the origin of Facebook and all of this and seeing how many friends you can get. Biologically, we survived as a species specifically because we were social creatures and we band together and we figured out how to um, take down big huge uh, mammoths just with a a few people. Our, our, uh, Our gift in that How we did this was our our ability to communicate and our ability to work together in a social structure. So biologically, we do have things that come up when we are faced with the idea of being alone. This is what is so powerful to become bigger than every other part of yourself that you experience. Be bigger than what the body impulses are telling you. And that's when you find the real connection, the spiritual connection with all things. So I think, simultaneously, we're craving being together, and I think we crave to be apart, alone, from the physical distraction of being together so that we can get into the vastness within that's where we're really one.
0: There is hardwired within us, owing to our um, uh, proclivity to survive, human beings are very good at surviving, uh, in spite of all rumors to the contrary, that... um, if someone does something for you, you are wired to do something for them. Yeah, it's the, quid the pro quo.
1: reciprocity principle.
0: Yeah, exactly, and so um, advertising has been doing, from the beginning of time, mm-hmm. um, the invention of advertising. That was a great day, do you remember that day? At any rate, when advertising mm-hmm. came into our realm, uh, manipulation entered this process, and so they would They would say, you know, we'll give you this, and then wait a moment. And then they'll ask you for something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll ask you for something back again. Mm -hmm. And because you feel that they've given you something, you must respond to them until there is discernment. And discernment is capable of overcoming hard wiring. And that's why people remain Mm -hmm. unable to change anything in their life. Because they have yet to get to the point where they discern this yes. is not good for me, this is good for me. Well and, you and that's know, the it, me it makes me feel
1: larger, not. it makes me feel smaller and I think it really yeah. is important to tell one that and, and to make those conscious decisions we it's our job to say what universe's job is say how. Yeah, yeah. But breaking out of that is a big idea. I know a lot of our, our Spiritual religious background. I'm not going to say spiritual, but the religious teachings
2: are to give back
1: more than you get. Yeah, that's that wiring. Because I know for a long time that's what I would do. I Mm -hmm. I stopped receiving because I didn't want to have to give back twice as much. Yeah,
0: but discernment. You are not required. There's
1: a duck in the studio. Yeah,
0: I'm saying here come the duck.
1: Somebody's quackers.
0: Soon to be. There's the duck theme.
1: Okay, and
0: or Charles Mendelsohn Duck wrote that music. Here we go.
1: Okay, I got support. That's a lovely one. I say support the belief systems that that support you, and you don't have to resist the ones that don't. Just support what works, what feels right.
0: Willingness.
1: Thank you, madam.
0: Willingness is a very profound concept in that um, uh, the willingness is really the thing that gets everything to work. Mm. It's that... um, energy field that uh, we are so fond of shutting down. You know how the small child will fold their arms and just hold their breath until they turn blue. And what you really want to do is videotape that and get it on YouTube because (laughs) there's nothing funnier. That's cute. Uh, Go ahead.
1: Okay. I'm just going to mention on the 17th and 18th, we're having the crystal workshop, haven't taught it in a long time. A lot of people Mm -hmm. were um, asking about that. Um, part one is the properties and uses of crystals that's on this Saturday and then Sunday is some really intense healing and gritting with crystals. Mm-hmm. Powerful thing, so if you've been looking for that. Also, the 23rd uh, through the 26th, we're going to the Serpent Mound, taking yeah. the group. Please consider coming this time. It's going to oh, be wonderful. Yeah, no, that's Ross, amazing is gonna, Ross Hamilton's is going to teach um, some really new information about mm-hmm. the Serpent Mound. And we're going to all learn our sacred steps for um, going into other dimensions, using nature as divination tools and a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And you're going to teach a workshop. We're going to do uh, earth healing ceremonies and meditations and remote view games. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And if you had a trouble and nothing to do. Visit a Loma. Yeah. uh, Kelly. And you dug under the serpent mound. It turns out the serpent mound sits in a uh, parabola. Sits in an impact crater, and just to be in there starts to bounce the universe back. So it's, it's a profound. very sacred space. It's the space. new Sedona.
1: Yeah. It absolutely is the new Sedona.
0: I had a caller.
1: And uh, I'll, I'll tell everybody that story at some point. Do we have a call? Yeah, Excellent. we do.
0: Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, my name is Helen.
0: Helen, what Hi, can Helen. we do for you?
2: Yeah, um, first of all, I agree with you. Advertisement changed a lot in our lives, I, and we really need discernment. My question is for Mary, please. Okay. I am calling for a quick reading, if possible. Sure,
1: be happy to. Uh,
2: two things: uh, ha, Do I have any challenging health coming up my way that I have to worry about? And the second, do I need to change my job?
1: Okay. Well, let's let's see what we get with the health thing, and then we'll we'll look into that. The first card is the friendliness card, and this. This is indicative of a good relationship, a good relationship with hearing your body. And I feel like you do have that good relationship. Yes, I the, do. The fighting card may come in when you begin to doubt that. And I tell you, something that really happens as we get older, and I'm not talking about being elderly. I'm talking being in your 30s and 40s. I remember going to the doctor when I was in my 30s, and they said, you're going to start getting your parents' illnesses now, and I Did that and said no, you know, no, I'm not. Uh, Don't buy into that. You you can still trust your body and you can still rely on it. This is also saying that there might be a conflict going on in your life. Perhaps it is with your job, and that does get held in your body. So they're connected in that way. And I would say get out of the fight with with whatever that is, and then allow the decision to come, flow, and bring you that. The burden card to me is his beliefs the lady on his back represents the beliefs sometimes from our mother or just from our society beliefs about who we are and where we're supposed to go and he looks kind of exhausted climbing a mountain that's not really his it's not really his ambition if i look at all this together i would say if you've been considering changing jobs there's a lot of energy that might make you even ask that question and i would i would consider uh... That, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea ever to stay where you are either. But it, is it a good timing? It is a what now? Good timing. Good timing. Uh, well, it looks like it is. If, if we don't listen to us when it's time, it just progressively gets louder and louder in the form of our angels come disguised as demonic co-workers to kick our butt out of there. Uh, so I personally, I like to listen to it before it gets into my body and I like to settle it when it's way up here where I have a lot more power over it than after I've plucked the string and, and it's down here. So I would really ask myself that question now and uh, be thinking about it in the near future if you choose. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you.
0: Oh, thank you, yeah. what was that? Do we have, a uh, high caller, what's your name, please? Hello, caller? Yeah? Okay.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, Speak. I didn't catch what else she was saying. Uh usually I can I usually I just answer a question uh-huh. so that we can get to everybody but I don't think there's anybody on the line so we probably could have stuck with that. Oh, so well I really still. like the fact that it's the end of a Oh, we do have a call.
0: Hi, caller. What's your name please?
2: Nat. My name is Nat. Hi, Nat, what can we, we do for you? you? Um, I feel like for the past couple year or so that people are trying to take things away from me. I've had, you know, my job is on the line currently. They're not quite sure what decision they're going to make, I've been told. And also, you know, I've had a death in the family and some property was taken away from me, which was left in a will and haven't been able to, you know, move very quickly as far as with the authorities and lawyers. So I'm just feeling like everybody's just trying to take things from me and trying to get a reading. And I just don't know how to handle it at this point. I'm just okay. very nervous about everything. Sometimes I get confident. Sometimes I'm trying to put things in place mm-hmm. to think positive, but I'm not okay, doing a very well, good job.
1: Okay, well, that's that's actually a very good question, and, and we could probably even talk about that just separately. When you feel that way, the best thing to do is just let go of it. I remember one time somebody stole something, one of our uh, things that we were, had for sale somewhere, and I said, no, give it to the Like they stole it and the store owner said, oh, somebody shoplifted it. And so immediately I said, well, it's theirs. I give it to them. It's mm. theirs because otherwise I'm bound to them forever. And I, I think that n- number one, it's coming in your life so that you can let go and, to, and the cards are agreeing that it's time for you to really open up and receive. And when I say that, it's to receive things you didn't know you even wish to have in your life. Look for uh, help in new things from unlikely places. And I I believe uh, you had said the universal editor, Leah had, that things coming out of your life is the universal edit. It's the universe editing things out of your life, even Uh though you didn't know that. It's also about learning new things about yourself and new ideas. And I feel you're being called onto a path that you didn't know even existed. So go with it right now. Even though it looks like people taking things, I feel it's your angels taking away coverings to reveal who you really are. Never look at what's being taken as a loss. Look at what replaced it and what is the gain. And I think yeah. that's a lot no of the teaching lost. right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do we uh, have another call? Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Calling in. Do
0: we have another call? We're thinking about it.
1: Okay.
0: It could be. It we don't could know. be. But I would
1: highly suggest people uh, considering doing the Serpent Mound journey with us this time. Mm-hmm. It's it's really going to be a beautiful time.
0: Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, Mary and Neville. It's uh, Greg. How are
1: you? Greg. Hey, Greg. Right.
0: How are you? How you been?
2: R- real good, thanks. Wonderful. M- Mary, I have a um, maybe an unusual request. I- I'd like to get a reading for uh, another individual, and I'd like the reading to be based on um, how-, how that person is perceiving their uh, relationship with me uh, to maybe help me better understand uh, what they're thinking about their relationship with me. Okay. This is a house of mirrors. Do you, do you need to know, would would it help if you heard her name to help you think no, about it? Or
1: No, I tell you what, now if we were doing like a one-on-one full reading that might come to be a, a good, good thing, but I think with this it might be We'll see what we get.
2: Okay, I'll I'll, I'll be uh, anxious to hear that. Thanks so much. I'm going to hang up so maybe someone else can get on the line.
1: Okay, thank you. Well, the first card we get is the exhaustion card, and this is coming from the past. And I feel like perhaps this person has had certain cycles or these certain recurring patterns or themes that have been going on in her life, and so sometimes, like all of us, that might lead her to jump to... presuming that this is going on again. For instance, if her father was um, too overbearing, let's say, then even an act of love given by somebody else might make a presumption of being overbearing. And I, I feel like she really wants to get out of that. And that might be a relationship that she couldn't trust people and now being able to get into a place of trust. One thing about your energy field To me, I I, I see it like this card. It's it's open, and I think that there's a conscientiousness with you and a consideration and a love. And yes, we all step off that and kind of lose our way at times, but underneath the principle is there, and I think she senses that. And the totality is finishing up one thing before we begin another, and that may be connected to those old cycles, seeing that there might be... um, like something from the past maybe that you guys could deal with or finishing up things that are in the present to facilitate that. But it, either way, it talks about making this much more of a whole thing. And so perhaps you're stepping into the place where more conversation could be had and going to a deeper level, getting to know each other more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And much uh, so. thank you. Do we have any more calls? we a, no more a time? couple
0: minutes left. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby's. Roll the R and Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, Shirley, so if you're out and about, do please come and join that us. It reminded we had me of the,
1: Eartha Kitt, remember when she was Catwoman? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she rolled
0: everything, including Cesar Romero, as I recall. But that's <laughs> another story. Um, at any rate, come join us at um, Ruby Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and um, we'll be sitting around, some people drinking coffee, some not. Um, So join us there. There might be people
1: dancing on the tables for all we know.
0: And, uh, yeah, and there's so much um, uh, going on. If it's uh, possible, uh, check out the um, classes we're having coming up, the class
1: on Crystal. is very important. Oh, and we will be in uh, Victory of Light in Sharonville, uh, which is right outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, this weekend. So if you're out that way, come see us. We'll be in booth U44. It's a -hmm. big expo out there. Yeah. Lots of fun. We have a good time.
0: And uh, what else we got?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Seems like something.
1: We got lots. You can listen to us on uh, iTunes. Podcasting, it's free. You Mm -hmm. can download over 100 episodes. You can put on your iPod and take us with you everywhere. It's just the audio, so you don't have to worry about using up your disk space or battery time. You Mm -hmm. can listen to us on a long trip. uh,
0: The new book is going to be on uh, is already on Amazon.com and there's a hard Mm -hmm cover version of it or Uh, what else we got
1: yes so it was our joy and honor to take you to the door
0: and you know you're going through it quit fooling
1: around just go through it or not